Welcome back to another Paranormal News. I'm Ashley, one of the co-hosts with Encounters with the Darkness, and today I have a story for you, one that I have left myself a virgin ears on so we could experience this together. Now, if you're familiar with our podcast and our investigation that Melissa and I did at Carr High School, awesome. If not, maybe you want to go back and like watch or listen to those because today's paranormal news is going to full circle this. Hopefully. I haven't read this yet, so we will see. All right, let's dive into it. What do I have? So the owner of car got a hold of us, which let's keep in mind, oldest school predating the Civil War, still standing in Indiana. Okay, so this is a pretty important. I, I would I think so. I think it's pretty important. But the owner got back a hold of us with a story that he gave permission we can share. So let's get into this. I'm dying to read it. All right, let's go. Boy's early death starts ghost stories. Medora, it's been 138 years ago this month that Dr. Creed Taylor Wilson shipped a metal casket to Boonville to return the remains of his youngest son, Aesop, to Jackson County. The doctor never dreamed that Aesop's bones would not find a final resting place until the 20th century, or that his elegant home would become known as a haunted house. Or, in returning his boy's body, he was setting in motion a chain of events that would become Aesop's fable, a tale of the supernatural that perhaps wasn't so supernatural after all. Aesop, born in 1843, was the son of Dr. Wilson, born November 12, 1807, in Kentucky, and Sophia Douglas Wilson, who was a year older and born in New York. Sophia Douglas Wilson always claimed kinship with Stephen A. Douglas, who debated Abraham Lincoln in the 1860 presidential election. We're getting some tea here. Okay, sorry. I'm going to keep reading. Creed and Sophia Douglas Wilson had been married before and had children from earlier marriages. Together, they had a daughter, Anna Eliza, and a son, Aesop. When the 1860 census was taken, Anna was 17 and Aesop was 16. Sophia, a seamstress, listed her occupation as Telrus in the census. In the, in the census. Words, am I right? When Aesop was five, Dr. Wilson was able to retire. He built a two-story home atop a ridge about four miles west of Medora in a community known as Weddellville. I remember seeing this house. It was a big, old Victorian brick house, said Cynthia Martin Keezer, 77, of Poplar Bluff. Cynthia is the daughter of the late Bernice Martin, a Lawrence County school teacher and historian who found Aesop's grave 61 years ago while doing some research. The Wilson home must have been a shop place. It had hardwood floors, fine woodwork, a broad staircase, and fancy glass designs all over and along each side of the doors. Leesville storekeeper William Holland was commissioned to furnish the home with imported Persian rugs, 
fancy hanging kerosene lamps, and furniture from Louisville, Kentucky, and Cincinnati. The yard was enclosed by wrought iron fence. The lawn was landscaped with flowers and shrubbery, and a cedar grove stood just north of the house. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Okay, sorry, let's continue. By 1861, Aesop was the only child still at home, and he didn't want to be there. (laughs) Right? All these kids, they want to leave. Like, just for a little bit, okay? Just stay. It's fine. On April 12th, 1861, 139 years ago today, which obviously not today, but when this was put, you know, published... Shots were fired at Fort Sumter in Charleston, South Carolina Harbor, signaling the beginning of the Civil War. Three days later, President Lincoln called for 75,000 men from states by quotas. In late spring 1861, Captain Gordon Tanner of Medora began organizing a company of volunteers. Other boys in the neighborhood were in service and Aesop wanted to go too but his mother would not hear of it. She dotted on her 17-year-old son. He was too young, she said. And besides, he was needed at home because his father's health was failing. Finally, she forbade Aesop to go and ordered Tanner not to accept him because he was not old enough. Sophia Wilson won the battle, but she lost more in this war than she could bear. Late on the night of July 11th, 1861, Aesop ran away and enlisted. He became a drummer boy in Captain Tanner's company, B-22nd Regime Indiana Volunteers. He never said goodbye to his folks, but he did write. His last letter dated September 21st, 1861 to his mom and written abroad A Union ship on the Missouri River follows. Oh my gosh, we get to see the letter. Okay. Mother, I write you a few short lines to let you know that I am well, fat, ragged, and sassy. We are now on the War Eagle, one of Uncle Sam's boats, on our way to Boonville to Jefferson City. We left Jeff City Wednesday night and ran up to the glass glow about 100 miles from Jeff City, where we was landing and sent out some troops to attack a secession battery under the command of Major Tanner, who was just starting out when he was seriously wounded, probably fatal. We are now guarding him down to the Jeff City. This will probably be the last time I will write you, for the mail does not come up so far as our camp. Joe is poking around in the cabin now, tending to the major. We have been having a hell of a time lately. Fifteen minutes' notice is all we get of marching orders. I have traveled nearly 600 miles now, and I have the first secessionist to see yet. The old boat is running over logs, stumps, and everything else, so I will have to close. Uncle Sam's Aesop. Later that year, Aesop contracted typhoid and died. He was first buried near Boonville. In April 1862, Creed Wilson shipped a metal casket to Boonville. Not satisfied that it was her son inside, 
Sophia had the casket opened for a final look, but once she gazed upon him, she would not be consent to burial. Instead, at her request, the undertaker packed the boy in charcoal, sealed with the casket the boy inside, then replaced it with the upstairs hallway in front of the window. Each afternoon, Sophia would climb the stairs and sit in her rocker by the casket, sewing and talking to her dead son. Sometimes she carried cookies upstairs and placed them atop the coffin. Paul Carr, Valonia, a Jackson County history buff, said a Wilson family relative told his late mother about the cookies. Weeks stretched into months, months into years, but Sophia showed no signs of allowing their son to be buried. She believed in spiritualism and was regularly contacting spiritualists trying to summon the spirit of Aesop, said Kieser, whose mother found the boy's final resting place. After a while, the poor doctor was at his wit's end, Kieser said. About 1873, Creed Wilson arranged for two Louisville spiritualists, the Kegwins, to hold a seance at the house. He paid them $50 to tell his wife their late son wanted to be buried. One of these mediums had the ability to throw his voice, said Jerry Palmer of Medora. The seance took place one night at the house. Aesop's niece, who was five at the time, related what happened. Who is talking? Sophia asked. This is Aesop, mother, replied the voice. After more conversation in which Sophia became convinced she was speaking with her dead son, she finally asked, Would you like to have your remains buried? Yes, mother. Where? In the cedars, just north of the house, came the reply. So Aesop Wilson was buried in the cedar grove. Two years later, Creed Wilson died, and after the death of Sophia Wilson, the once fine home fell into ruins. No attempt was made by the family to save the building or its contents, according to one report. Given the history, it was probably inevitable that the old Wilson place became known as a haunted house. There were tells that at night, candle or lamp would be seen moving past the upstairs windows, and sometimes moaning could be heard. Anna Lothar, 88, Bedford, who was from Medora, remembers that she was a child. She had to spend the night at the house a quarter mile away from the old Wilson place. I was scared to death, because I had heard so much about that haunted house, she said. I never would have thought I would go to bed that close. To that place. But she didn't see any ghosts. When old US 50 was built through the area in the late 1920s or early 1930s, it was necessary to move the grave of Aesop Wilson, said Palmer. In 1953 to 54, John Darkus bought part of the old Wilson property. But then the old Wilson home had crumbled. We built a home about 30 yards due west of the foundation of the house, he said. As a boy of 13 or 14, Charles Darkus had heard the haunted house tells from his uncles. So at night, he would go back to the old Wilson house ruins and sit on the foundation. 
We didn't have electricity or TV, so evenings it was appropriate to go out and find some quiet place and enjoy the twilight. It would get dark and the wind would moan, and it was a thrill. We didn't have video games, so country boys had to do something for entertainment. I had been told by my uncle where that boy had been temporarily interred in the front yard. I used to look and see if anything was rising out of the ground. One uncle had spoke of seeing a white mist rising out of the gravesite. Dad always had good advice. Don't listen to Uncle Leo. You can tell when he's lying, because his mouth is moving, <laughs> said Charles Darkus, who never saw anything. I can't say that I am disappointed. As far as Aesop, the fourth and final resting place for the Civil War soldier is beside his father on privately owned land in eastern Lawrence County. So this amazing article was written by Mary G. Johnson, and it is titled The Story of Aesop. So where where is all of this? Kind of a wild story. What do you think? Drop your comments below. Okay? Okay. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Stay creepy.